It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a large fortune must be in want of a wife. And that wife must chase him for everything he's worth. (laughs) (laughs) And her mother will embarrass her and everyone around her until the marriage. We might have altered it slightly. (laughs) Every classic can do with a revision. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, greetings. This is the first episode of the We Read Books podcast. I am Whitney. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) I, I ruined it. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yay. I am Whitney, but um, you'll probably hear me referred to as Wit. What a wit. What a wit. <laughs> How cute. <laughs> um, my name's Maddie, and we just wanted to do a podcast where we read books and then tell you about them. Right. We, we talk about books pretty much... All the time, and we just thought, why not see if other people want to talk about books with us? Exactly. And that's really all there is to the show. Yep. Pretty straightforward. We talk about books. Hopefully you like our opinions, or at least makes you think. Yeah. Or you can cleverly disagree. Yes. Disagreement is always welcome and allowed. (laughs) But we will shame you mercilessly. Also, uh, I guess it kind of goes without saying that spoilers in every single episode. Yeah, it's hard to talk about your feelings on a book without also discussing said book. So every episode is going to be spoilers. Maybe the first couple episodes will say so, but yeah, after a while, it's just spoilers. You're not going to get a you're not going to get a warning every time, (laughs) right? And I feel like if you're out here searching for a show that discusses a book, you have to go in with your eyes open. You know, right? They're gonna talk about how it is, right? Because yeah. <laughs> why spend an hour of your time listening to someone talk about a book but not discuss the ending or or their feel? Because you can't really discuss your feelings on it and back it up or justify it without saying why. But the why is the details of the book. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, we do have a, an Instagram and a TikTok. Both of them are at we read books pod. Just super easy. Um, we don't have other social media because Twitter is terrible and Facebook is antiquated. So, sorry. (laughs) There may be a YouTube eventually, but right now. Yes. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We will get there eventually. Yep. The struggle was real enough to get this mic set up, so <laughs> God only knows what will happen if we bring a camera into the mix. Right. Gotta, gotta get the mics and the this, this situation set up before <laughs> we, we tackle that monster, so. <laughs> it's as if I did not have, like, a podcast for two and a half years previously. <laughs> we can blame it on me, because this will be my first podcast. What? <laughs> my first podcast. <laughs> 
Um, alrighty. Now, if some of you didn't know by our cold open, we are doing Pride and Prejudice for our, our very first book. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this was my first time reading Pride and Prejudice, and I believe Maddie has read it many a time. Um, I would say countless times, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, it's a classic. It is. It's a lot of people don't like the classics, but I I would say that at least half the people that quote unquote don't like classics are just intimidated by classics. Yeah, and that I fell into that category. I had never read it simply because I was worried it would be difficult for me to read or or something of that nature that it would just be too highbrow for my mm. my you know uneducated self, but. It's it's a great read, you yeah. know. It's once you get, especially once you get used to the the flow of conversation, it's easy to follow along. You're not sitting there going, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's like eat, reading anything in a new genre. If you like, typically read, uh, I don't know, like contemporary fiction, and then you want to try a fantasy, it's a whole different style, and you just have to adjust. Yeah. There's there's going to be growing pains, but. Oh, absolutely. You'll get you'll get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're not going to, like, shame you for not liking classics, though. Right. I do see that a lot on TikTok. There will be... Because, like, the book side of TikTok, they call it book talk, which <laughs> is whatever. But, but um, on TikTok, I see a lot... There's, like, a divide. There are people that read, like, um, your uh, fantasy romance, and that's... Like, all they read is fantasy mm-hmm. romance, which is, what, read what you want to read. Like, at the end of the day, literally no one cares. Right. Like. <laughs> well, you read for your own enjoyment, not yeah. for the, I mean, I guess some people could read for this, you know, whatever status that could possibly bring them with others. But read it, you don't really get anything out of reading unless you're enjoying yeah. what you're reading. So, or exactly. it's at least provoking something from you. Yeah. So. Exactly. And then you have, like, the other camp of people who are, like, if you're not reading this, this, and this, you're not really reading. Right. Which is really silly, too. Right. I mean, I don't know. Now, one out of the two of us does have a doctorate in literature. I, I only have a master's. <laughs> oh, so sorry. A I master's. Know, one of. <laughs> I don't want any false pretensions out here. Right. I apologize. <laughs> I do want a doctorate, though. You you could absolutely get it. So let me rephrase. Out of the two of us, one of us has a master's in literature, and the other one did not even finish community college. And that's okay. <laughs> Everyone can enjoy all kinds of books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people expect someone who studied it to be more of like a... Hoity-toity. Very haughty about it. Yes, but haughty. <laughs> I mean, I'll read anything from, like, the highest highbrow from the canon all the way down to, like, dirt smut. Like, (laughs) I'll read it. I might not like it. But you give it a shot. I'll read it. (laughs) And I'm not going to be like, oh, what what an idiot over here. Right. You enjoy that? (laughs) Ew. Gross. (laughs) Look at you with your smut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that we've veered very far off course, (laughs) 
we can uh, we can discuss Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Okie dokie. So we'll give you a few blurbs on the novel itself, like details, and then we will hop into the meat. So <clears throat> it was written by Jane Austen. I don't know if we said that at the beginning. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but it was written by Jane Austen, um, published on January 28th, 1813 in three separate volumes, which was really um, common for this time period instead of, because it's not a very long novel. It's actually relatively short. I mean, like 400 and some odd pages. Um, but back then they would uh, publish serially a lot, like in the paper even. I know Dickens did that with a lot of his novels. Mm -hmm. They were published uh, weekly in like the paper. Was uh, Edgar Allan Poe stuff published that way as well? I believe so. Yeah. And a lot of his also, since they were short stories, he would just publish the short story and the paper. And, um, but it was a little different here in the U S as opposed to in England, mm -hmm. but a lot of that air, that era of writing was published in series, but this one was published in three series or volumes. And it was published anonymously originally because Jane Austen was a woman. How dare she? Oh, how dare she be born a girl? <laughs> but all of her novels were published anonymously originally. So her first published work was Sense and Sensibility. And then whenever Pride and Prejudice was published, it was listed as um, by the author of Sense and Sensibility. So they were connected and it was known that the same writer was writing all of these works. It just was anonymous. Yeah. I think that was smart. So people who enjoyed the work could follow along, even though it was under anonymous. Because if they yeah. were all separately anonymous, then, know. yeah, you wouldn't know that they're connected. And right. I mean, obviously, the stories don't over overlap, but stylistically, mm -hmm. they're very similar. Yeah. So it makes me hyper sad that <laughs> she couldn't publish a book because she was yeah. a woman. Yeah. Was not acceptable back then, you know, but there were other women publishing works as well, but it wasn't easy and many publishing houses would not accept manuscripts from women. So I would assume they had to do it anonymously or under a pen name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe the three Bronte sisters published under a pen name originally. I know Charlotte did for sure, but I trying to think because Emily Bronte only wrote Wuthering Heights. That was her only novel. She wrote poetry aside from that. And then Anne, I think she only wrote Agnes Grey. But I think at least Charlotte published under a pen name originally mm -hmm. and then got credit for it afterwards. But it's just the hoops, you I know? know? I know. And yeah, shout out to Jane's brother because her name was not attached to her novels until after her death. Her brother, Henry, added all of her six novel, or sorry, <laughs> her brother, Henry, had all of her six novels attributed to her posthumously. So way to go, bro. That's, that's good big brother yeah. vibes right there. Yeah. Good job, Henry. Way to go. Because <laughs> um, he really, I mean, he could have been like, hey. I wrote I these. wrote those. Yeah. So and, that's a good brother. <laughs> yeah. Who would question him? 
No one. No one. No one would have been able to. He's He was a man of middle class birth. I think he was... I know that their father was in the clergy. I don't know if Henry was a clergyman, but they're fairly respected in the community. They were like, oh yeah, Henry, sure. You yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> Believable. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. And Jane died on July 18th, 1817. Fun fact, that's my birthday. Sad yet cool yeah. that you can share something with Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Poor Jane. She was only 41 when she died. That's very young. So young. Especially when I think about the fact that I'm 32. Yeah. And, and I'll be 35 here <laughs> in a couple months. So <laughs> I'd be I'd be old age, old age at this point. <laughs> yeah. If that was the lifespan. The typical lifespan, I should Ugh. say. I feel like that was still young then. Yeah. Because, I, I th- you know, a lot of people say, like, the average age for the back in the day, pre-industrial revolution era is, like, average age was, like, 60 or something. Mm-hmm. But they're not taking into account that the uh, mortality for childbirth was super high. Like, the mortality mm-hmm. rate was so high. And the odds of someone dying... At birth, mm-hmm. or a woman dying in childbirth, were mm-hmm. super high. So that skews the lifespan yeah. expectancy. Oh, because yeah, the taking the average. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, so That's... if you're out here as a man, <laughs> you're probably living until like your 70s or 80s. Yeah. Likely. Yeah. God, we just get the short end of the stick <laughs> on everything. Our lives are shorter. We're just working hard out here, okay? <laughs> I need, I need, we need to get some credit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the female species needs a cre- needs right. credit. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, short synopsis of the story for those of you who have not read it. Uh, it might be a better idea to just go read it, but if you don't want to. <laughs> We're set in the late 18th century, early 19th century. The novel was actually written in 1790, but it wasn't published until 1813. So, uh, you know, right there at the turn of the century. Right. We're in England and um, we're centered around the Bennett family, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett and their five daughters, Jane, Elizabeth, Mary, Kitty, and Lydia. Elizabeth is our protagonist. Jane is kind of our our second main female character. Mrs. Bennett. Her only concern is to find husbands for her daughters. She's out here to get them <laughs> married. <laughs> Mainly because the Longbourn estate, which is the Bennett family estate, is entailed to the male line of the family. So since Mr. and Mrs. Bennett do not have any sons, on the death of Mr. Bennett, the Longbourn estate is going to pass to the next male heir, Mr. Collins. And because of that, if the girls are not married by the time Mr. Bennett dies, they would be homeless, essentially destitute. Assuming that he kicks them out, you would hope he'd be nicer. Right. (laughs) I guess you never know. You never know. Um, So it's understandable why she's so focused on them getting married, but it's also... I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Right, right. Freaking primogeniture, I'm telling you. <laughs> it, see, this whole, the whole concept of this book is 
girls just out here getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. Left and right. Right. Not to say that the guys had it perfect either. You know, if you were a wealthy, good looking man, I don't even know that you had to be good looking, but mm. if you were a wealthy man, you, you had ladies like Mrs. Bennett or, you know, I don't know if women would, you know, go on their own behalf of their mothers kind of would usually do the beginning legwork. But either way, you were chased and treated like a little piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> to I, be to be had. Yeah, essentially. Um, Some may have liked it. I'm sure others found it quite tiresome. <laughs> I'm sure it was tiresome. And, you know, sure. But either way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so this is kind of the setting that we're that we're plunged into at the beginning of the novel. So we're following the Bennett sisters as they grapple with the trials and tribulations of courting in the early 19th century. Yes. You know, Jane. I found this on the web. Siri, this bitch always be talking to me. <laughs> she just eavesdropping on our conversations and then putting in her two cents. <laughs> And it always happens so randomly. Right. Yes. That almost startled me, actually. It was so out of the <laughs> <norm>. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, long story short, we're mostly concerned about Jane and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And when a wealthy man by the name of Mr. Bingley moves into the neighborhood, Miss, Mrs. Bennett is like, that's the one. <laughs> He's going to be for Jane because Jane's the prettiest of my daughters. And the oldest. <laughs> and the oldest. And I think generally you would try and marry off your oldest before the younger ones or just kind of whoever was desired the most. I think in because the Bennets are what they call landed gentry. So Mr. Bennett is a gentleman. He ha- He has this estate, but he doesn't like have a job he's not like a tradesman or anything Mm -hmm. so i think it's not necessarily as strict of rules as far as when daughters are presented to society as in like high society gotcha but i think in like high society the oldest comes out first and the younger daughters do not come out until the eldest are married Mm. i think that's the technical rules but mrs bennett's like Eh. Right. They're all out. Yeah. <laughs> They're all available. <laughs> Pick the one you want and you can have her. <laughs> so that's that's what we're dealing with here. Mr. Bingley is in is in the area and he's up for grabs. And he right. brings his friend, Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy's technically up for grabs as well. So <laughs> who can land him? Right, right. It becomes a race. <laughs> it's a race to the altar at right. this point. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, Pride and Prejudice was uh, received well by critics. Austen's writing style in particular was praised. Her prose is gorgeous, of course. Um, I really enjoyed it. Again, as a first-time reader of her work, I really did. I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice was a revolutionary novel in its time. Um, The American scholar Claudia L. Johnson defended the novel from the criticism that it has an unrealistic fairy tale quality. Um, One critic, Mary Poovey, 
wrote that the romantic conclusion of Pride and Prejudice is an attempt to hedge the conflict between the individualistic perspective, individualistic perspective inherent in the bourgeois value system and the authoritarian hierarchy retained from traditional paternalistic society. Johnson wrote that Austin's view of a power structure capable of reformation was not an escape from conflict. Johnson wrote the outrageous unconventionality of Elizabeth Bennett was in Austin's own time very daring, especially given the strict censorship that was imposed in Britain by the Prime Minister William Pitt in the ninth in the not the nineteens. I know I do that every single yeah. time. Born in the nineteen somethings, you just can't help yourself. Can't, can't. <laughs> this was in the seventeen nineties when Austin wrote Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. So, the character of Elizabeth Bennet, in particular, is highly controversial. Obviously, not now, but in 1790, when Austen wrote Pride and Prejudice, the character of Elizabeth Bennet was outrageous. I mean, she not only does she reject two offers of marriage... But one of those offers of marriage is someone who is superior to her in rank, in society, who far outstrips the wealth of her family. It would be so unheard of to be proposed to by a man of that caliber Mm -hmm. and then reject him. Right. Thank God her mom didn't know about it. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So not only would that be considered completely brazen. And technically, if her parents had known about that proposal and were like, well, she can't speak for herself, her father could have accepted the proposal of marriage on her behalf and forced her to marry him. Hmm. Luckily, Mr. Bennett is not that type of man. He would not do that. (laughs) I mean, cause but the he, fact that he could have. he Exactly. And that's what Mrs. Bennett, the first offer of marriage, she wanted Mr. Bennett to force Elizabeth to marry Mr. Collins. Right. That was like her objective. Right. And luckily, Mr. Bennett is relatively progressive for his mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and loves Elizabeth. Yes. And was not going to force her to marry him. Right. But it just... I think her outspokenness is one of the reasons she was his quote-unquote favorite child. Yes. Yes. She's clever. She's witty. She's unafraid to, like, give her opinion and doesn't really care who she's speaking with. Right. So. Not very unlike the person she ends up with. He's just much more reserved. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um... Yeah, the character of Elizabeth alone makes the novel a, a bold statement in the time. Mm-hmm. I do understand when they say it has a fairy tale ending, but I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Well, that... and to them, maybe back then that was such a fairy tale to marry for love, but yeah, it's. I mean, it, that's that's normal. <laughs> So it's not as fantastical as it may have seemed back then. Like, oh, they were able to wait till they found someone they loved? Preposterous. (laughs) (laughs) She should have done her familial duty. Right. Yes. Ugh. I know. It's, It's so crazy. But 
I loved Elizabeth. Yes. Um, and I think I think Elizabeth's character is really the only way that Jane was able to like critique the society that she lived in without being censured by the actual government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) you kind of got unique perspectives from each character on the situation so it wasn't like it was hammering home one specific viewpoint you you kind of saw it from several different points of view to give you a well-rounded idea of of the expectation of the times so perhaps they didn't see it as a knock on it completely because they were like well some of these characters are behaving sensibly at least (laughs) right Yeah, and a good comparison between Elizabeth and Darcy, who she eventually marries, would be Mr. Collins and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Not that either one is, well, I'm sure that Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy are wildly happier Mm -hmm. than Mr. Collins and Charlotte, but I think their motivations are, have equal merit, Mm -hmm. you know, when taken everything in context, but yeah, absolutely. So starting with Elizabeth and Darcy and really Jane and Bingley, cause they all kind of like, you have like really kind of the opening scene mm-hmm. at the ball. Yeah. So that's the beginning really for the movie and mostly for the book too. Yeah. For the book, it's, it's the discussion between Mr. and Mrs. Bennett about Bingley coming to town and, yeah. and the girls being all, you know, a flutter or the mother getting them all a flutter about yeah. it. Yeah. But, but then yes, that's where things I would say definitely kick off is the party. Yeah. So they're in Hertfordshire and specifically in the town of Meryton is like the cle- nearest town to Longbourn. And they're at their ball, you know, doing what you do at a ball. Dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember a line in the book. It basically talks about like, you know, the best thing you can hope for at a party is to never be without a partner. How dare you be a wallflower? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was so frowned upon to be introverted in this like society, which is one of the main areas of conflict through the novel is Mm -hmm. is being introverted which is odd but so they're they're dancing they're having a grand old time and in walks bingley his two sisters uh caroline and mrs hurst i think her name was louisa yes i think so so you have bingley his two sisters and mr darcy Mm mm-hmm Oh, and Mr. Hurst, who is... I guess. He's he just, just sort of there. <laughs> yeah, he just exists. He doesn't play, like, a role. No, no. But... And yeah, we, they the book refers to people by last name primarily. Primarily, Occasionally, yeah. you know, mainly Jane and Elizabeth, who was Eliza and Lizzie also, but mostly everyone else was Miss or Mrs. or Mr. something. Yes. yes. Very, like, formal. Yes, yeah. So, Bingley almost immediately is like, who's that one? (laughs) She's hot. (laughs) Referring to Jane. Because Jane's supposed to be, like, the most beautiful. Right. Fortunately, she's also very sweet and very kind. Mm -hmm. So, she's got, you know, she's got all that going on. He doesn't know that yet, but... (laughs) Yeah. So... 
the introductions are made. Mr. Darcy is very aloof, very standoffish, and Elizabeth is immediately like, "What's this guy's deal? What? Why? What's why? your what's your problem? <laughs> yes. Why are you so unamiable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just like silence. <laughs> If you're but, not fluttering about at a party like a butterfly, you're you're a weirdo. You're <laughs> wildly unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> and and perceived proud. And perceived as very proud. That's I think this ball kind of sets off how Darcy is perceived in that entire neighborhood for most of the novel. Mm-hmm. He and he, want, he refuses to dance with anyone as well. I mean, Bingley, right. he's super outgoing mm-hmm. and charismatic, and he immediately is, like, in it. Yeah. He loves yeah. it. Yeah. He loves everyone. <laughs> he dances with Jane, like, I don't even know how many times. At least twice. At, and at that was, like, twice. a big win for Mrs. It, Bennett. She would not shut up about how many times he danced with Jane. <laughs> yes. And... In a row, in fact. In a Perhaps. In fact. <laughs> And he, he did dance with Charlotte Lucas, but Charlotte Lucas yeah. is so plain. Right. He would never like her. Poor, poor plain. <laughs> now, I will say, Mr. Darcy does say um, an unkind uh, word about Elizabeth, but I dare say it's because everyone's being so pushy, and perhaps he's just like, leave me the heck alone. Yeah. She yeah. ain't my type. I don't, I don't dig how she looks. Leave me be. Is it harsh and mean? For sure. Especially because she heard it. She wasn't supposed to. She was not supposed to, but she, in fact, overheard. But me being partial to Mr. Darcy, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was mostly like, get off my back. I don't want to go dance. Stop pushing me. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. he, He, they literally just arrived. They have, they do not know any of these people. Right. They don't have, like, a connection who lived there previously or who lives there and, like, said, hey, you should come here. There's a place that you can rent. Right. They just rent this place and show up. Right. So I get why Darcy is, like, he's having sensory overload right, right now. Right. And the and Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst, this, uh, Mr. Bingley's sisters, they're just being haughty little bitches. <laughs> They're, they're pretty terrible in the beginning, and they just continue to get worse, especially Miss Bingley. Oh, yes. Yeah. She needs to... <laughs> I don't know what she needs to do, but she needs to get out of her brother's business. Yeah. And she's obviously thirsting after Darcy. She's like... Hardcore. Darcy. <laughs> I'm right here. I am right here. Hello. Look at my empty hand. Do you want to put some sort of piece of jewelry on here that says you're going to marry me. (laughs) Exactly. Make me your wife. Right. (laughs) She couldn't request it more plainly other than grabbing his face and saying, marry me. Exactly. But I don't think, I don't think women did that back then. Nope. Nope. (laughs) So yeah. We also meet Charlotte here. Charlotte is Charlotte Lucas. The Lucases live their neighbors of the Bennets and they're like, they're also middle class, but I think they, I think their estate is smaller, so their income is smaller than the Bennetts. Charlotte is 27, so <laughs> she old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and unmarried. 
So, but I, I think Charlotte is incredibly astute, clearly wildly astute. Yes. And she makes a comment to Elizabeth. I don't think it's at this ball. I think it's at the ball that Mr. Bingley throws at Mm -hmm. his house. Yes. She says that Jane should show her affection for Bingley more. She, She should act like she loves him more than she does in order to secure him. Yes, and to hide any flaws at all costs yes. until the deal is sealed. <laughs> exactly. And I think what's interesting is that Elizabeth doesn't see this at all. She doesn't mm-hmm. see that Jane's uh, demure demeanor mm-hmm. would cast doubt on how she really feels about Bingley. Right. But Charlotte sees it. She's right. like, hey, tell her to ramp that up. Right. Because these people don't know. Right. It just dawned on me. Yeah. It's like she's so close to her sister who's very quiet and shy. And she ends up with a man who's shy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's not as quiet, but he is yeah. he's introverted and shy. Yeah. So I I have always thought Charlotte is just like, she's so observant and she's seeing everything. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a product of her situation in life as well. Yes. She's... 27 she's unmarried which is wildly old and i'm sure she's likely reminded she's probably reminded every single day (laughs) that she's not married and she's often referred to as plain this is a relative term Mm. i mean what plain is in the eye of the beholder i think but apparently a lot of people's eyes looked upon charlotte and thought she was plain yeah poor charlotte poor charlotte but she knows the game, and she she's willing to play it. That's right. And she's not, she doesn't have any romantic ideations. She's not, like, looking for love. She's looking for a husband to give her security for the rest of her life. Because right. her parents can't give it to her. Right. And she even says, I'm 27, I'm a burden to my parents. Yeah. So, she has specific goals and reasons for getting married, and love is just not one. Right. Which is fair. Yeah, You're, no judgment on 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 her, you know, trying to take her her future, yeah. you know, she and ha- looking she for has a, to. Yeah. yeah, because she also she's too high in society to have a profession or like a job. Mm. She can't be like a maid mm-hmm. or a seamstress. She could be a governess for like a high class family, but that's a degradation, right? Mm-hmm. In a, and, you know, you're not ever fully secure because you're a governess for them until their kids are too old to have a governess, right? And, and then, then you, you're <laughs> And then you're out. So the only way to make sure that your future is solid and that you're not going to have to worry about being homeless, which would have been essentially a death sentence mm-hmm. at this time. Oh, yeah. Was to get married. Yep. So that's it. Right. So she she's she's gonna do what she's got to do. Yeah, know? yeah. Girl, but. girl knows, and she she doesn't care. Right. It doesn't seem to bother her. But she's not conniving. She's not trying to sneak in on anyone mm-hmm. else's opportunities. It's just right. when the opportunity presents itself to her, she knows the game. She knows what's up. Yeah. And she takes she yeah. takes it. She exactly. And I think that Mr. the Mr. Collins Mr. Collins is the cousin of the Bennets who's gonna inherit Longbourn. And he comes with, for a visit for a visit with the intention of proposing marriage to one of Mr. Bennett's daughters in order to like ease the tension of 
I'm taking this home from your family. Right. And you could all get kicked out. So really that's, I can say that is the nicest thing about Mr. Collins is that he's trying to be good to his family (laughs) in his own way. He's thinking, I want a wife, you know, so these people don't have to worry. I'll pick one of them. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, so I do think that part of his motives were a bit altruistic. He Mm -hmm. was trying, he he knew that this would ease some of the family tension. Yes. And so that is commendable. But yes. I also think <laughs> in his mind, he's like, this is going to be a sure thing. Right. Right. So. One of these girls is going to marry me. I've heard right. a couple of them are quite foxy. <laughs> yeah. The Bennett chicks are hot. <laughs> And I think, you know, he has very high conceptions of himself and his station. Yes. Even though he tries to use words that make him sound modest. Like... He, oh, yeah. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll say he, the way he's speaking about himself makes it sound like he's attempting to be humble. But in doing so. <laughs> yeah. He's very boasting. <laughs> it's the, the epitome of a humble brag. <laughs> yes. That is Mr. Collins's personality. That's, his face should be in the dictionary next to humble brag. That is exactly that is him. Yeah, I mean he's a clergyman, and so he's in the parish of Rosings in Derbyshire or Derbyshire or however you say it. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I am British in my heritage, but <laughs> us Americans, we just botch all the words. I'm right. So sorry, but <laughs> please forgive us. Um, so. And he has very lofty ideas of Lady Catherine de Bourgh, mm-hmm. his patroness, the owner of Rosings, blah, 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 Richie, <laughs> Richie. She is the aunt to Mr. Darcy. Yes. So the, the Darcy. That ties in, yes. These are high class people, upper class people, rich, and Mr. Collins is the clergyman for Lady Catherine de Bourgh. So yes. yes. He shares a garden right. with. Rosings. That he's very proud of. He's super proud of it. He dines there, has tea there. Mm-hmm. And he'll tell you all about it. Tell you <laughs> that Lady Catherine told him to get married. Right. And that he should find a modest and humble young lady <laughs> to be his wife. Right. But luckily for Jane, she is not engaged at this point, but it, it's pretty obvious that her and Mr. Bingley have a connection. Yes. And uh, that connection is made stronger by her uh, visit to Mr. Bingley's estate. At her mother's suggestion, she goes on horseback, not in a carriage, on horseback. And it's about to rain. So mom's not worried about Jane getting sick, caught in the rain, getting hurt. Nah. She Mm. says, if you go on a horse and it rains, they're going to let you stay the night. Yeah. And you're going to be there longer. Yeah. Get over there. <laughs> she, she, Mrs. Bennett is Trixie. Very Trixie. Can, I mean, she doesn't even hide it. That's no. why it, I'm, it's like surprising that anyone's like, what do you mean? She's Trixie. She's so blatant in very. her, in her contrivances. Yes. Very Just, blatant. And I, she's so shameless about it. It's like she has, she doesn't care mm-hmm. about it at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, props to Mrs. Bennett. Like you for... said, she's hustling out here for her daughters. Yeah. Shamelessly hustling. <laughs> yeah. In this day and age, that hustle would be respected. <laughs> yes. 
Back then, it was seen as wildly uncouth. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Jane goes, it rains, she gets sick, and she's hanging out there for, I'm, I'm not sure how many days, but... A handful of days. Yeah. Um, and, Jane, and then, so Elizabeth comes to hang out with her, so then they're all still hanging out, getting to know each other. Jane's hanging out with Bingley, and then Elizabeth's hanging out with Darcy... And Elizabeth is mounting her dislike for Darcy, just one on top of the other, on top of the other. <laughs> and Darcy is like Elizabeth Bennet. Whoa. Yeah. Look at those eyes. Excuse me. Hello, ma'am. <laughs> Can I sit by you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I feel like when they are having, I find all of their discussions incredibly fascinating it's just they're different opinions. You can see where both of them are coming from. So every time that they spoke to each other, I, I perked up. Like, I love those parts of the mm. book. But it seems like he's just having a matter of fact discussion or just sharing his thoughts and opinions. And she's like, she's ready for a fight. She's yeah. like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She's definitely trying to goad him for sure. Right. And I think. There is part of it where she is curious about who he is and mm -hmm. what he's about. Like, yes. what is making you so reserved and unapproachable mm -hmm. and downright unlikable? Mm -hmm. She knows that there's something else and she's trying to get there, but she's also being like really sarcastic. Yes. And she's pulling out her wit. She's pulling out yes. her wit here. Yes. But so. he even, like, kind of, to me, humbles himself and is just like, listen, talking to a lot of people that I don't know makes me uncomfortable. Yes. And I don't feel like that's a declaration a lot of men especially would make in that time. I could I, be wrong, but... I agree. I think especially someone of Mr. Darcy's rank in society is mm -hmm. probably most of them are more likely to just stand on the stand on their hill and be like i am right right i'm always right. right no matter what right and i think he's he's probably supposed to be you know super charming and looking for a wife and he's just over here trying to yeah and i don't know and i don't know if i'd say enjoy life you know just live yeah. his life in peace <laughs> in peace yes. yes um yeah he doesn't that's the funny thing about darcy is he's not in pursuit of anything in particular. Mm -hmm. We don't see him courting any of the ladies. I mean, he doesn't even necessarily court Elizabeth, even though yeah. he, he eventually proposes to her twice. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he's not courting her in the traditional sense, right? right? Like He's just spending time. time. Yeah, he's just kind of spending time around her, but it's not an equally known... Yeah. Hey, I'm attracted to you. Let's hang out. It's just sort of like, oh, I like her. I'm going to be around her more and get to know her. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's, yeah, doing it more as a solo venture than like Jane and Bingley. There's like mutual affection and they're right. both like aware of it, even if it's unspoken. Right. So they're like hanging out and there's hope on each side. Whereas with like Darcy and Elizabeth, Elizabeth has absolutely zero notions of getting to know Darcy in an intimate manner mm -hmm. and would never even consider it. Like, he, he offended her pride pretty much right off the gate. So yeah. 
that first impression, she's like, nope. <laughs> yep. So that door at that time was very shut. Yeah. But her intrigue into Darcy is even more heightened once we meet Wickham. Ah, Wickham. Ah, Wickham. Smarmy is probably the best word I've ever thought to describe this man. Yeah. So he is in the military. The military moves to the area. And, of course, we don't, haven't really talked about... Kitty and Lydia, but right, they're <laughs> very excited that this troop of men <laughs> yeah, are officers. hanging out nearby. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bunch of officers. Yeah. And they're in their red coats. Yes. Right. So, so Wickham is one of these officers, and he meets Elizabeth, and this man wastes no time trying to get super personal with her and tell her, hey, you know that Darcy guy that you ran into? He did me dirty. He did me dirty. I hope that you don't like him and like me. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is where you see, this is really like where the errors in judgment come in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For Elizabeth only, really. Because, I mean, everybody's fooled by Wickham. Yes. Because he's charming and He's the way you're supposed to be. Yeah. In society. Yeah. He's easy to talk to. He... Darcy even says that he makes friends easily, but whether he can keep them is a different matter, right? right. So, yes, perfect. It is very for, perfect because for he's a smarmy little slimy troll. He really is. He really is. And I, you forget that he's supposed to be like wildly handsome. Yes. Like, yeah. He's technically, I think supposed to be more handsome than Darcy. Mm. But I always forget that he's supposed to be so attractive right. because I'm just so off put by right. him. I think that's general. what disarms people a lot about him when they meet him, you know, yes. too. That his charm and then his apparent good looks. Yeah. They <laughs> they always describe him as having a pleasing countenance mm-hmm. and a very amiable air. Yeah. So these things just describe someone who is nice to look at and easy to talk to. <laughs> yes. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. We're not, we're not <laughs> di- discussing substance of this man at all. <laughs> just the first impressions have people pretty, yeah, pretty sad. Like, like your face. Yeah. You're probably nice. Yeah. <laughs> So the impression impression that Wickham gives Elizabeth of Darcy continues to paint Darcy in a very unlikable light. <laughs> yeah. Wickham and Darcy grew up together. Wickham's dad worked for Darcy's dad and Darcy's dad really loved Wickham and wanted to like provide for him. So in like when the late Mr. Darcy dies in his will he leaves a living for Wickham but it's stipulated that he has to go into yes. the clergy correct yes and uh he he doesn't he doesn't want to he doesn't want to counter to what he tells other people he says i was going to no he wasn't he yeah. didn't want to <laughs> yeah he forgets to tell elizabeth that he yeah. didn't want to but he just tells her that he was supposed to get this parish, mm-hmm. the, a lucrative living from this parish as a clergyman, but that Mr. Darcy gave it to someone else. Mm. 
and just left Wickham high and dry. Right. And that's the only story she gets. And she's like, what? How dare he? Right. And that that lines up with what she feels she knows about Darcy. So So she she believes it. (laughs) Yeah. She feels justified in her dislike. Yes. At this point. Yes. So we go on and on like this. Right. Right. And so Wickham and her hang. She's very attracted to Wickham. Right. She he's great. And then we have like the Netherfield ball and he doesn't show up. Because mm-hmm. Darcy's there, even though he just got done saying, if he doesn't like it, he can leave. I'm not going to leave. Right. But then he doesn't show up. Right? The coward so doesn't show up. Because he knows he's full of lies. Yeah. Because he he knows his story would not be able to stand up to scrutiny. No. So. No. He's not going to show up. No. But. Uh, Mr. Collins is still in town. <laughs> Mr. Collins will not go away. <laughs> still vying for a wife. <laughs> he had his eyes set on Jane. They said, no, no. We think we think she Jane's might be getting for. Yeah, we think Jane's gonna get engaged soon. So then he goes, Elizabeth, hey, you were my first choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he follows her around like a little lost puppy. Yes. And she's like, get away from me. Get out of here. Almost looking for reasons to try and distract him from her, and it yes. does not work. <laughs> yes. But luckily, when they go to the Netherfield ball. Charlotte is like, I'll chit chat with Mr. Collins. Right. I'll I'll take him off your hands. So, you know. Yeah. Because she knew Elizabeth did not want to talk to him. She was not, she was not being sly, Mm -hmm. sneaking in. She knew. Yeah. Hey, I'll help my friend out. Exactly. I don't even think that it really occurred to her that it could be an opportunity for her until later. Yeah. So just simply, I'll talk to him and get him, get him out of your ear. Yeah. And so, in all of this distress with Mr. Collins, Elizabeth just completely loses her mind and agrees to dance with Mr. Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) What a choice! I mean, they they did the scene really well in the movie, I think. Yes, they do. I, Uh, I love that by the end of their dance, everyone else, the room is empty and it's just the two of them. Yeah. Even though they're having a bit of a I don't know if, would you say heated, contemptuous, tent, or just, you know, tense uh, conversation? I think tense is probably yeah. a good word. Yeah. They're, they're having a tense exchange. And she's, she's asking questions about what happened with Wickham and trying to be trying not to obvious. Veil it. Yeah. yeah. She's not but, saying Wickham, but yeah. she's trying to, yeah. you know. And he says, once someone has my bad favor, they have it forever like Mm -hmm. but it takes him a lot of thinking and examining of a person to come to his final conclusion he doesn't make his final conclusion on a person quickly he takes his time but once it's set that's it it's done yeah and that's this conversation i think she thinks is revealing his character in a negative light Mm -hmm. but i I feel a kinship with Mr. Darcy because mm-hmm. I'm very similar in that manner. Mm-hmm. You know, I might even be more of a snap judgment than Darcy. <laughs> but I, but for someone who Wickham, he grew mm-hmm. up with Wickham. It mm-hmm. took him years and years to see that Wickham was just a shysty right person out for money, right? But and I think in the same vein, I am likely with friends to. To be more 
forgiving. Yeah. You have to really take it there for me to be like, all right. Right. To completely write someone yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, snap judgment on someone when you first meet them, though. I am bad <laughs> that I do that. Some people just lay their cards right out on the table, though. That they is don't, that They is don't true. leave anything for deeper yeah. investigation. It's just, here's me. I agree. I don't. And, that, and that's when you go. I don't vibe with what you're throwing out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, my rule. You know, whenever someone tells me who they are, I just believe them. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. <laughs> because e- people all are always telling you who they are, mm-hmm. verbally and non-verbally. And you just have to believe them. Yes. You can't project your own shit onto them because no. you're just fooling yourself. Yes. Yeah. You set yourself up for disappointment if you do that. You absolutely do. So, you know, snap judgment or not. Now, I have yet to regret any of these judgments. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that says. Means that they're probably right. (laughs) But anyway, so then other field balls where we we take the downhill here. Mm, Yes. So, Jane and Bingley, they're loving it up. Right. It's just... But Jane the, is still shy. Yeah. They're the only two in the room, but she is very demure. And old Darcy over here is Mrs. Bennett making some statements that could potentially ruin everything for Jane. Yeah. As we said before, she's very obvious in her intentions of, like, getting her daughters married. And she just... She makes it even more boastful than, than before, yeah. And Mr. Darcy hears this. And Mr. Darcy being the good protective friend he is may yeah. may take that into consideration. <laughs> That's, and yeah, exactly. So Mrs. Bennett, I think, says something along the lines of um, Jane will very likely be settled at Netherfield in two or three months hence or mm-hmm. whatever. And mm-hmm. Her marrying rich will put the other girls in the way of rich men. Yep. And Mr. Darcy's like, nah. Right. So, and, and this is where like Charlotte's observation of Jane comes in because then Darcy is like, well, if she really loves Bingley and Bingley really loves her, then the upstartness of Mrs. Bennett isn't necessarily going to matter. Mm -hmm. But he watches and he's like, she doesn't she, seem that into him. She's just being nice. Mm-hmm. Not she's not acting the the way that a woman in love acts, right? According to right. him, so he convinces Bingley to close up shop and head back to London. Yeah. And his awful sisters, of course, are on board because mm-hmm. we have not yet mentioned, but Miss Bingley is in love with Mister Darcy. And so she's thinking, well, my brother can marry Mr. Darcy's little sister. And we can be just one little happy family. Yeah. And Darcy's sister, Georgiana, is probably 16 at this point. Right. Sweet, lovely girl. Like her a lot. Yeah. She's great. We don't see her, but until more towards the end. Mm -hmm. But she's a lovely girl. Very, very shy again. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, so Mrs. Bing or Miss Bingley, Caroline Bingley, <laughs> and her sister really they want to contrive Georgiana's marriage to 
Mr. Bingley mm-hmm. and Caroline's to Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. So this is their goal in life. Yes. And so they're like, hey, when Mr. Darcy approaches them, like, I'm concerned. We should probably get him out of here and away from the Bennets. Yeah. They're this more than happy. Oh, they're <laughs> Caroline was already packed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Hurst is just like, whatever. Okay, whatever. Mm, here bye. we go. <laughs> yeah. So they leave, they go to London, and that's really it at this Mm -hmm. point. They're gone, and Elizabeth's like, good riddance. Mm -hmm. But she's also sad because at this point, Jane, she knew how Jane felt about Bingley, but I think Elizabeth was really the only one. Mm -hmm. So that's the unfortunate part. Poor Jane. She's so sweet. She is so sweet. And she she refuses to see, like, the negatives of anything. Like, Elizabeth sees that... She saw the plot happening. And and the letters that that Caroline wrote to Jane and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, Jane's just... She's very trusting. And Mm -hmm. so she's like, well, she wouldn't lie to me about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the letter... Caroline wrote, she goes on and on about Georgiana, and we hope to hereafter call her sister. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very pointed. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth's like, yeah, I know what she's doing. Right, right. But Jane's like, well, they do have a longer acquaintance with her, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. She's making all these concessions for Caroline to, right. like, salvage her character. But right. Elizabeth's like, nah, I know who she is. Right. She's the worst. She's the worst. <laughs> And uh, be- I think it's before Jane is unentangled for Mr. Bingley, though I'm not 100% sure at this moment. <laughs> but before Jane's available, you know, Collins, Mr. Collins doesn't change his, his tune. He's right. He's his, he's his, on Elizabeth. his singular focus is on Elizabeth and he proposes. He does. She declines. Yeah. And then he insists, oh, that's how this goes. Yeah. Women... To uh, strong uh, to strengthen the affection affection of the man, they will they'll they'll say no to the proposal, but really they mean yes. They just need to be asked a couple more times. Yeah, yipes, um, oh. Elizabeth. <laughs> Big yikes right here. Big yikes. Elizabeth assures him that is not the case. Yeah, and luckily gets out of it. The mom's very Mrs. Bennett's very upset and says, "If you don't marry him, I'll never speak to you." And then rock star Mr. Bennett says, "Yeah, but if you do marry him, I'll never speak to you." Yeah. So that settles the matter, and she doesn't have to marry Mr. Collins. Yeah, yeah. And Mrs. Bennett does actually treat Lizzie worse through the rest of the book. She does. And then so then Charlotte. Yeah. You know Charlotte. I mean, Mr. Collins. He feels. The awkwardness mm-hmm. after the rejection, as you would. But he's I mean, not a man on a mission. He's not. He came he, to get a woman. He came to get a wife, and he's going to leave with a wife. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so he begins hanging out at the at Lucas Lodge, and who's there but Charlotte? And he asks Charlotte to marry him. She says yes, and then she goes to tell Lizzie, and Lizzie's like, "But he's ridiculous. Yeah, he sucks. He's awful." And Charlotte's like. Listen, stop it. I'm old. I know the way this works. (laughs) You may be right, but I will have a roof over my head and I will have all the comforts that I'm used to. Yes. For the rest of my life, I will be set. And then 
they will inherit Longford. Yes. So that's a little bit of the weirdness yes. there. Is Not that, so much to Elizabeth, but Mrs. Yeah. Bennet. It, Charlotte's probably been Elizabeth's friend for her whole her life. whole life. She probably saw this girl as you know, looked at her very fondly, and in an instant, she goes, "This girl's gonna kick us. Mister Bennet's gonna die. She's this Charlotte girl, this hussy is gonna kick us out of our house. Yeah, and leave us destitute. Yeah, and in the I've, streets. And she, she Mrs. Bennet, just keeps saying, "Oh, I bet." The Collins, she calls them the Collinses. The Collinses are just out here talking about Longbourn all the time. And (laughs) it's just, it's hilarious because Charlotte, as much as marriage is a business transaction for her, and it is equally for Mr. Collins. Yes. It's not like one is madly in love and the other is smacked in the face with the reality. I think they both know the reality of the situation and are going to make the best of it. Exactly. And, And Mr. Collins even said when he proposed to Elizabeth, um... He lists the bullet points of why he decides to get married. <laughs> yes. The first is that it is on the advice of Lady Catherine de Burgh. The second is because he wants to set the example for the congregation as the clergyman. And the third is because he thinks it will add to his happiness. Yes. So the first two, I think, are probably the the most important to him. The driving yes. factors yes. of why he wants to get married. So... Any woman will do, right. essentially. Right. And I see no reason why he probably didn't also repeat those reasons to Charlotte. And she's like, oh, yeah. yep, I know what I'm signing up for. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, she's like, done. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, I mean, I I feel like it's it works perfectly for both of them because they have equal interests. Yes. Right? Both goals are accomplished in this marriage. Yes. Of course, we live in the 21st century. We would not want to enter a marriage like this. No. I would never want to marry someone as a business transaction. That makes me want to throw up. Yes. But I do understand it. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, clearly they, it, it seems as if they like each other well enough. It's not like she yeah. despised him. It was like, he's, he's a lot, but I'll take it. I can, and, I can yeah. work with this. She's, she's a patient person. Yes, she is. And I think, you know, she's like, I know what he's bringing to the table. Right. And I will do what I have to do to make myself happy in this situation. Yep. And, and it works. <laughs> and it works out because she encourages him to be gone a lot. <laughs> yeah. Go in the garden. Go do this. Go do that. Yeah. And, you know, she likes running her own house, making the decisions. Yes. And I'm sure that it, in the event that they have a child, it, it it's implied that they eventually have a child. Probably, yes. I think at the end, in one of uh, Mr. Collins' letters to Mr. Bennett, he talks about a young olive branch. So yes. I, okay, yes, yes, yes. So they, they do end up having a kid, which I think Charlotte would be, like, a good mom, too. Yeah. She would oh, have absolutely. a lot of, like, fulfillment in being yes. the mother. Absolutely. So I don't think she's... In a situation to make herself unhappy. No, absolutely not. So, good for Charlotte. Yes. And also good for Elizabeth. Good for Elizabeth. Uh, She's got Mr. Collins off her back. Exactly. Um, She is weird about it at first, though. Yes. And... But more her disappointment is that Charlotte doesn't share her view that marriage should be with someone you have affection for. She thinks it's silly and ridiculous that Charlotte would 
marry someone out of um, convenience and survival. She just, she's not, she's not about that. Right. And I think Elizabeth's inability to sympathize with someone else's situation uh, is one of the reasons why she is deceived by Wickham. Yes. Because she, she already had her opinion on marriage and, you know, she saw her parents' marriage, which was, you know, her, they, her parents were not in love and she knew it and she Mm -hmm. saw it. And her opinion is that she's not going to get married to a man she doesn't love. Yes. Period. Yes. And so seeing her best friend make the opposite decision, she just can't understand it. Correct. So I think her inability to be understanding Mm -hmm. is what gets her into the issues that she gets into. Yes. Luckily, she does recognize this and come around. But I mean, and when she goes, you know, at this point, Jane goes to London with their aunt and uncle and Elizabeth goes to... Uh, Rosings yes. to, to spend a few weeks with, with Charlotte, Charlotte and Mr. Collins after mm-hmm. they get married. Which I think she has a really good time. I yes. think that's probably one of the, the turning point for her. It ag- absolutely is. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets yes. to see that Charlotte is happy despite yes. <laughs> Mr. Collins yes. being so insufferable. Yes. Uh, she meets Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is equally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then who who's there? Surprise! But Mr. Darcy! <laughs> Just happens to be there, too. Why, I am shocked. Right. Now, I I do point out, Jane did not go to London to chase Mr. Bingley. She, that's just where her aunt and uncle happened to live. Yes. And so she's just taking some time away. She says she's not sad, but... Girl sad. Girl sad. But then, so then Elizabeth is visiting her friend, Miss Charlotte, and, uh, and then, yes... Boom. There's Mr. Darcy. There's Mr. Darcy. So that one of the dudes she thought she got rid of who is completely insufferable. Mm-hmm. Here he is. Here he is. They're, you know, they're, they're blessed with invitations to tea and meals at Rosings. Oh. So they hang out more. Yeah. More conversations. He, th- I love how the book, like, just pops in, you know, how he smirks after conversations with her or just how he's looking at her longingly or her eyes or whatever. Yeah. Like, I just... And she's just completely she is oblivious. She does not have any inclination that he has feelings for her. Charlotte sees it immediately. Right. And, I mean, the dude's coming around just to hang out with her or talk to her. Yeah. He's not... Yeah. He's not really interested in, in the other social goings on no. <laughs> with everyone else. Yeah. But she doesn't. She's like, he hung around for a really long time. I I don't get it. And Charlotte's like, bitch, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so it and it goes on like this. And then he proposes to her. Yes. Which it, to not- her is a huge shock. She's hugely shocked, but this is right after she has just found out that he is the reason that Mr. Bingley left Jane high and dry. Yes. So she's mad. She She's super mad. And he's like, yo, I cannot be quiet any longer. I love you. And I want you to marry me despite the fact that you're well beneath my societal <laughs> rank and your family is poor and in trade. Right. And it's he like says all of these things. And she's like. Uh, 
I'm so glad you insulted me so thoroughly before proposing marriage. That was super great. (laughs) I mean, he literally says that it's been painful for him to have feelings for her. He's fighting so hard against, I guess, what he believes either society or what he expects of himself. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's all these reasons why I shouldn't want you. But dang, I do. It's been very painful to hold this in. I'm now professing my love. And to him, it feels like it's going to be a relief and she's going to go, oh, yes. Yeah. And he's coming. Now, while he and Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins did not love Elizabeth, but Darcy genuinely loves Elizabeth. Yes. But they're both coming to the proposal with the expectation of a yes. Yes. Neither one of them foresaw that she would decline it. It didn't even cross their minds that she would say no. Right. Which is a super problem. Super problem. But I do love what Darcy says. He says a whole bunch of horrible things. (laughs) And then he says, you must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. That's such a good line. It is such a good line. And if you wouldn't have said all that nonsense before it. Yeah. She, well, she was already pissed. She was absolutely not going to say yes, but. That's true. So, yeah. So, in her response, she's like, a heck no. Yeah. And also, you ruined my sister's happiness. Yeah. She was in love with your friend. You put your nose in that business and ran him off. So, I'm mad at you for that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, my buddy Wickham over here says that you wronged him very harshly. And that's how they end it. He's basically like, okay, if that's how you feel, I will pick up my heart from the ground and leave you. Yes. <laughs> leave you to yourself. Yeah, basically. Um, but that is not where we leave it with Darcy and Elizabeth, no. obviously. So he goes back to Rosings and has a little time to gather his wits. And he writes her a letter. Which letters in general are really sweet. I, I I myself would like to start writing letters more often. I know. So he writes her a letter. And he's not trying to convince her of anything. But no. he is trying to clear his name. He's just trying to set the record straight. He's, That's right. He's not like, I'm not expecting this to change your yeah. answer. Or even maybe, you know, make you like me more. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know the truth of the matters of which you have... So harshly judged me. Exactly. So he's like, first of all, yeah, I absolutely separated Jane and Bingley because I didn't think she liked him. Basically, that's it. Yes. And and, and your mom was pushing hard and her, her yes. reasons did not seem based genuine. on, yes, genuine, did not seem based on emotion whatsoever. So. Right. right. And as harsh as that is for Elizabeth. Elizabeth to hear, she has to admit, yeah, my mom's been Mm -hmm. very inappropriate. (laughs) Yes. And then he goes into the Wickham business and he describes, yes, he was conditionally left this living if he chose to take orders or to be ordained. He decided he did not want to be a clergyman. And so Darcy went above and beyond the will, paid him the value of the living, like 3,000 pounds or whatever, which is a lot of money mm-hmm. back then. And Dar- er, Wickham went on his way. And he gave Wickham money several other times, too, when he mm-hmm. thought maybe he wanted to study the law or this or that. And 
eventually Darcy's like, listen, this no is it. This is it. You're cut off. Yeah. And um, then the worst of the worst, uh, Georgiana and her chaperone, Mrs. Young, are, I believe, in London. Mm. And Wickham is like, hmm, the brother won't give me any more money. But the sister mm-hmm. she's has gonna, a large inheritance. Yes, yeah, she's coming. She's gonna inherit what was it like thirty thousand dollars? Yeah, pounds, and uh, which is almost equivalent dollars and pounds. Aren't the conversion is not too right. far off? But back even back then, like I mean, now to me, thirty thousand is I a lot. I want to back then. Grand. Yeah, back then that was that was an obscene obscene amount of money. Yeah. And so Wickham, so at this time, Georgiana's 15. Wickham's like, yep, I'm going to woo her. And I'm pretty sure he's in his 20s. Yes. Uh, I'm, I think that at the time, Darcy is 27. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth is 20. And I think Wickham and Darcy are of an age. The same age. And he's trying to woo this 15-year-old girl over here. Yeah, which today we call that a crime. Right. Back then was a little more acceptable, but still the way he went about it. Yes. He knew that uh, Mr. Darcy would absolutely not sanction this marriage. <laughs> so he convinces Georgiana to elope with him, which is the the biggest no for a woman. I like, mean, oh it, no. it shames your family. Yeah. N- not just your direct family, but like and all, all yeah. the whole tree. The whole tree is is ruined by the one rotten fruit. Like, yes. That is it. Yes. You are D-O-N-E, my friend. <laughs> Luckily, Darcy swoops in, is like, yep. no, we're not doing this. Yep. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Away from my sister. Fortunately, yep. I doesn't say Georgiana puts up much of a fight. She probably respects and loves her brother enough to go, okay, I trust you. Yeah. Goodbye, Wickham. Yeah, and I think... What did it say? I think she's actually the one who tells Darcy before the elopement actually happens Mm. because she felt guilty keeping it from him. Yes. So there was no shame upon the head of their family. They did not swoop off into the night. So in here, in, in learning all this information, obviously in the movie, it happens much quicker. But in the books, I think as Elizabeth mulls things over Mm -hmm. and really thinks things through and sees the way her family talks and behaves when she's back with them at home. Yeah. She's convinced like, oh boy, I was a fool. I cannot believe I so harshly judged this man based on these what? things. Yes. <laughs> and she's also seeing the deception of Wickham. Mm, like yes. now she, at this point, now that she knows, she's like, wait, why didn't I question this when he was so quick mm-hmm. when I the day I met him, he was so quick to yes talk some smack on Darcy. Right. And Darcy didn't ever talk smack on Wickham. Even Never. when almost directly asked, he just was like, yep, nope. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a low opinion of him. And just left it there. Yeah. He only divulged this because his, his honor was so gravely questioned. Exactly. Exactly. So, so all the kids are back home now. You know, Jane's back home. Elizabeth's back home. We're all back home. Then now Elizabeth is going to go take another trip. With the aunt and uncle that Jane had just been staying with. Yes. The gardeners. The gardeners. They're like... We like the, the gardeners. We like the gardeners. They're 
they're Mrs. Bennett's family, Mrs. Bennett's brother and his wife. Mm-hmm. And he is a, he's in trade, mm-hmm. which is a slightly not. lower station, which we didn't mention, but that was another reason Darcy was somewhat ashamed of his affections for Elizabeth because her close relations were of a lower standing yes, in society. They were the lower strata of the hierarchy. Which I guess then was kind of a... <sighs> yeah. <not great. laughs> Back then, if you worked to earn your money, you were frowned upon. Right. You are not a dandy. Right. So. Which nowadays people it, respect it's hard work with your hands. So. Yeah. So the gardeners are in trade. I do think that they're fairly wealthy, though. I do I think believe they are. Significantly more wealthy than the Bennets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just implied. It's never said specifically, mm-hmm. but and they have uh, some children. But I I believe that there are some male children in there. So yes, if you have a male child, you're almost scot free. Right, right. You're like <laughs> my legacy is set. Yeah, uh, the estate is secure. Right. So I believe, right. The one. (laughs) Yes. So they, do they leave their children with the Bennets while they go to travel and just, I think to just see See, some sights, see see some lakes. Yeah. So they, they are going out of Hertfordshire, which is the county that the Bennets live in. And they're traveling around to see some stuff and they go to Derbyshire. 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 I mean, if they're... Darcy, Derbyshire. I feel like Derbyshire. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Um. So Mrs. Gardner is from the county of Derbyshire. Nice. Originally, yes. so they go over there. She's seeing some of her old haunts and stuff. But mm. that is also where Pemberley is, which is Darcy's estate. Yeah. And they get to tour Pemberley. Now, under the assumption that Darcy is not there, right? Elizabeth makes sure like. We can, I mean, if, I guess if you guys want to go see the estate, because surely that's a thing back then. If you have a really lovely estate, people want to come check yes. it out. Yes. You know? I believe that's still how it is. You can go and see, I mean, when we were in England, we toured Windsor Castle, which is where Queen Elizabeth lived. Wow. So we, we couldn't go into her Area. specific tower, mm-hmm. but you can see like the rest, like the right. main areas of the house. Uh very beautiful. That's awesome. And she was actually in quarters when we were there. They told us when we were doing the tour, like, if the flag is up, the queen is in quarters. If the mm-hmm. flag is down, she is not in quarters. To be like, I'm within a mile of yeah. the queen. That's amazing. It was it was very cool. But yes. I think you can do, like, a similar tour yes. of all the major, like, estates and homes. Because they're all historical mm-hmm. and... Most of them probably are, like, preserved and have original finishings and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. So. It's very cool. They tour Pemberley. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike today, where if you go to someone's house, even if you're best friends, if you show up unannounced, knocking on their door, they're probably not going to answer. You got to text someone first. (laughs) Do not show up at my house unannounced. Right. Just, I mean, I just need 10 minutes. Yes. If you just call and you're like, hey. Heads up. I want to stop by. I'm 10 minutes out. We're cool. Right. Showing up at my house without uh, an alert. No. This is why I live at least 30 minutes away from my family. (laughs) I mean, people like this happens to my siblings and Dakota's siblings. 
They're just like, oh, yeah, mom and dad showed up. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. How do you mean they just showed up? <laughs> no. Yeah. So very unlike today. They just, they're just going to go check out, check out the grounds, check out the house. Yeah. Darcy is not supposed to be there. So that's the Maybe. only reason that Elizabeth agrees. Because yes. she's, she is curious. She is curious. But she's so ashamed of how she behaved. Yes. And she's just kind of embarrassed. Doesn't want to, doesn't want to face that. She doesn't want to see Darcy. No. But, uh. Surprise again. Surprise. <laughs> Darcy is in fact they get to, they check, they check out the house yeah. before, but then as they're leaving, boom, he shows up. But, there he is. But guess what? It's a lovely visit. He is very nice to, to her. her, to the gardeners, which she was very worried about. Yes. So, and did, I don't know how long they stayed, but I think they stayed in town longer than they had intended. Yes. And Elizabeth and Darcy get to have some... More quality time together, but it's a lot more positive time yeah, together. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think they um, they're staying in like the inn in the, the town adjacent to Pemberley, and the next day, Bingley, his sisters, and Georgiana are all at Pemberley, and so then Elizabeth gets to meet Georgiana, and she has to see <laughs> the Bingley <laughs> sisters and um, the little demons that they are. <laughs> And she gets to see Mr. Bingley again, and he knows the specific date of the last time they saw each other. And she's like, yep, he still loves Jane. Right. Because you don't remember that date for any other reason. No. Come on now. So everything is now kind of like she's got more hopes for Bingley and Jane. I don't think she's quite to I love Darcy yet. I don't. Yes. She's. At this point, reckoning with all of her own errors. Yes. I think she's pretty convinced that his affections will not turn to love again, but she hopes that, at very least... They're cool. Yeah. That she'll be forgiven for her... Yeah. (laughs) Her error in judgment. Yes. And that uh, Darcy will recognize that Jane and Bingley... Yes. ...need to be together. So, they have, like... A really great time. Georgiana really likes her. Yes. And I think she should have, I think she should have recognized that because Darcy puts it towards Elizabeth, like, I would really like you to meet my sister. Yes. I think that should have tipped her off because he doesn't, like, his mom and his dad are not around. Right. She's his family. Yes. And I feel like Elizabeth should have been like, yeah. Okay. Right. You want me to meet the sister. Because if, if, if after a denied proposal, if you didn't still have intentions or feelings for someone, why would you go, oh, meet my only living family left? Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. But in the midst of all this good goodness happening, scandal. Scandalous. Oof. So we, we only barely mentioned Kitty and Lydia. Lydia is the youngest. She's by far the most... She's silly. <sighs> Yes, silly, doesn't doesn't act proper, doesn't really have any skills. We we didn't mention this either, but the girls did not grow up with a governess and, you know, school was for boys. So, yeah. they have some they have some musical skills, mm-hmm. not really art skills. But yeah. Lydia and Kitty have just been able to gallivant about yeah. being vain and 
silly. Yeah, they're exact. They're vain. They're silly. They don't care about anything else except the instant gratification of the moment. And it has led to the demise of Lydia. Yes. So Lydia, when Elizabeth went to go hang out with her aunt and uncle, the gardeners, Lydia went to go with a friend who was kind of traveling with the military group. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who swooped in on little Lydia, who is 16? 16. Wickham. He, and not only has he, you know, been, it's not like he was vying for her affections. No, they ran off. They, they ran off together. Ran off. They didn't, I mean, and no marriage has happened yet. So they have skipped town together alone. Ugh. Not married. And as we said, that kind of scandal will ruin the entire family's reputation in society. Yes. Without question. Exactly. So Elizabeth gets this news in a letter from Jane. And Darcy is on scene. Mm -hmm. And she's like, shit. (laughs) He's never going to love me now. Right. I'm ruined. Right. We're all ruined. We're this all this is ruined. this is even worse than the impression he had of my family before. Exactly. This is the worst. All of our prospects down the drain. Right. So Elizabeth, the gardeners, they rush home yeah, to see if they it. can sort out the situation. Mr. Bennett and Mr. Gardner go out after everyone's kind of reconvened. They go out in search of Lydia and Wickham to set this straight. You mm-hmm. wanna you wanna run off with my child? You are going to marry her, sir. And that is their intention to find them and convince him to marry her. Exactly. If, if his intention is not to marry her, I don't know really what his intentions were other than to kind of like with um Georgiana leverage some money out of somebody. Yeah, I think <sighs> It's, it's such a, I don't know, it's difficult to say because with Georgiana, there was a clear advantage. Like, I'm going to marry her, I'm going to get her 30,000 pounds, period. But Lydia, she's not going to, she doesn't have any money. I think that she, I think in Mrs. Bennett's dowry when she married Mr. Bennett, she got 5,000 pounds, which would be separated between the girls upon hers and Mr. Bennett's deaths. Yes. So essentially 1000 pounds would be Lydia's portion after the that. death of her parents. There, after the there's death there's no of her obvious monetary gain, but this man we find out has been gambling and leaving debts all across the land. All across the <laughs> land. He he left Meryton is like the town near Longbourn and all of those merchants are like Dude owes me Mad Skriller. Mm-hmm. So, the, and the book doesn't really say, I, I don't get the impression that he's madly in love with Lydia. Now, Lydia no. is just straight up in the clouds for this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, and I think it, it wears off. It's so surface yes. level. Yes. I think yes. she's, he paid her some attention, so she loves him. Right. And, right. and also, he's very handsome, right. sure, but... You know, he gives her that attention. She immediately responds, and that's it. And and basically, doesn't he kind of say like, "What was her idea to just run off?" <laughs> yeah, and which is not surprising with Lydia's character. She's right. She's obnoxious and impulsive. Right, but and, you're a grown man. Yeah, and you should have said no, honey. But yeah, 
if you wanted to marry it, then that's when you go, okay, but let's go get married. So yeah, they're in the wind. They're in the wind, but they are traced to London. Yes. So is it just Mr. Gardner by himself there at that point? And then he writes to Mr. Bennett, I found them. No, Mr. Bennett does go to London. Yes. And, but he does come He back. comes back before, before they, find, they find her. Yes. Yes. Because, yeah. uh, so eventually it, it all works out and we find out later. Yes. That it's Darcy. Yes. He found them. Yes. And. At first we think it was Mr. Mr. Gardner. So we're like, oh, best uncle on the planet. Yeah. But actually it's Mr. Darcy. Yeah. So basically whenever Elizabeth and the Gardners find out and they leave, he also leaves. And he is in search of Lydia and Wickham. And he kind of knows, because of what happened with Georgiana, he kind of knows, like, where Wickham is probably hiding Uh out. So he finds them. And after Mr. Bennett comes back to Longbourn, he goes, Darcy and Mr. Gardner are colluding to figure all of this shit out. Yeah. And... They contrive it all, pay... I think Darcy pays all of his debts. Mm-hmm. And um, Lydia and Wickham are married. Yes. And... They only demand, what, like, a hundred? Yeah, her her part of the 5,000 pounds and then a hundred pounds per year. Yeah, which is less than what that girl would spend at the shops every weekend. You know, maybe yeah. not every weekend, but what yeah. she would blow on trinkets and stuff, so... Mr. Bennett is kind of, like, in the black still. Yes. Yeah. It worked out good for him, and he's very thankful. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that's all taken care of. Lydia's married. She's as insufferable as ever. Does not see how the tight spot she put her family in. Doesn't care about their their woes or how it could have affected them. No cares. Nope. She's just like, I'm married. Yep. (laughs) And Mrs. Bennett equally doesn't care. Correct. She's like, I have my youngest daughter is married. Yes. Isn't this fabulous? I've got to go tell the Lucases. Yes. First thing she does. She doesn't even, like, have her clothes on. She's just in bed. She's like, I have to go brag about it yeah. to my neighbors. Yes. As, as she's been depressed the whole time Lydia was missing, as soon as Lydia's been found and then declared married, she's like, oh, we're amazing. I'm going to go brag to everybody. We're the best. <laughs> it's so great to have a daughter married. Yes. It's the craziest thing. Yes. But Jane and Elizabeth are just appalled. They're yeah. Just like beside themselves. Yes. Like, yep. Are you guys kidding me right now? Yep. <laughs> but everything's good. We're taken care of. And then mm-hmm. Lydia lets it slip to Elizabeth that Mr. Darcy was at her wedding. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie's like, Pardon me? Scusi? <laughs> How you mean? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> So, obviously, she cannot be denied. She's got to know. And she writes to her aunt, Mrs. Gardner, is like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> Tell what happened. So, Mrs. Gardner then tells her that Darcy is responsible, essentially, for saving Lydia's reputation and getting them married and yes. getting him stationed at another. He's with another, like, regiment or whatever. Wickham and with better pay or something. So Darcy's behind all of it. Yes. And Elizabeth and Mrs. Gardner's like, basically, she's like, yo, you know that the only reason he did all this shit is because of you. Just saying. He's mad in love with you. <laughs> and she, at the end, she's like, and 
I just want to make a request that when you're stationed at Pemberley, that I can come, like, ride the horses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> making making assumptions out here, but not, not ill-found assumptions. Not <laughs> ill-found assumptions. <laughs> but before we even find out how Mr. Darcy feels, Miss Catherine DeBurr Ooh. shows up and... And uh, kind of confronts Elizabeth, and she's already got it in her head that they're engaged, so yeah. she's grilling Elizabeth. She hard. Pissed. She's like, um, Mr. Darcy's supposed to marry my daughter, so again, it's a cousin, supposed to be marrying cousins set up here. Yes. Um, and so she's kind of getting on Elizabeth about it, and Elizabeth is not wanting to play, you know, along with this, and it's kind of fighting against it, and... But eventually has to admit, no, we aren't engaged. That You know, that's yeah. not what happened. But when Catherine de Berg says, well, then when he asks you, if he asks you, when he asks you, you'll say no, right? Elizabeth's like, I will do nothing of the sort. Yeah, I shall not agree. <laughs> yes. So uh, she leaves quite, quite upset that uh, this little woman has not... Uh, Bent to her will. Bent to her will. <laughs> but, and uh, very much to the detriment of what she was trying to do, that is the exact thing that convinces Darcy. Yep. He's got a chance. He's got a chance. He, and not only does he have a chance, he brings Bingley back for his chance, too. Yes. So, Bingley and Darcy come back. Bingley, he, he wastes almost no time. He's like, listen, Jane. We are, we're doing this thing, right? Right. And she's right. like, we definitely are. Right. So they're engaged. They're happy. They don't care about anyone else at this point. They didn't even, they didn't fight about it the way that Elizabeth and Darcy did. It was just no. like, yeah. oh, we're apart. Oh, we're back together. Yes, this is what I wanted. Exactly. <laughs> I like what Mr. Bennett says. He's like, they're so kind that mm-hmm. all of their servants will cheat them and they'll always live above their means or whatever. Yes. Yes. It's Very so, cute. it's so sweet. But, uh, so they're, they're married, you know, they're taken care of, and Caroline and Louisa, their hopes for Georgiana dashed. They can go cry in a corner. Yeah, yeah, get over it. (laughs) And all Caroline Bingley, she's gonna be further disappointed, because Mm -hmm. Darcy, he comes back and he's like, I still love you. Mm Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth's like, you know what, I actually kind of love you now, too. (laughs) So... Thanks for saving my whole family. Right. Right. I believe she loves him for more than that. But that, you know, all all the things that happened really turned the tide in her heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so Darcy and Elizabeth are engaged. And Mr. Bennett, he's so shocked. He's like, hey, I thought you hated him. Yeah. So she has to convince her dad. Because yeah. he, he's like, at this point, I think Mr. Bennett probably is thinking... She's marrying him because he's rich and it right. will save the family. Yeah. But she convinces him, like, okay. no, that's not it. Right. So. And then we just have Kitty and perhaps we forgot to mention Mary. Oh, the fifth daughter. <laughs> the fifth daughter, the middle daughter. So sorry. She doesn't have a big role. No. She's quiet and smart. And studious. And also called plain. Poor yeah. girl. They, they call her the ugly duckling of the family, which is unfortunate. Right. But now that three out of the five are, you know, out of the nest, mm-hmm. uh, Kitty stops being so vain with Lydia gone. Kitty has a bit more um, good influence hanging out with 
Jane and yeah. Elizabeth, and then Mary's just, you know, the only one to be yeah. extra fussed over, and she she comes out of her shell a little bit. Yeah, now that she's not it living in the shadows of her sisters, she kind yes. of has a chance to blossom. Yes. So. And yeah. then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, too. Once Mrs. Bennett doesn't have children to shove, <laughs> shove around into Richmond's laps. She she calms down a bit, yeah. and and I believe the affection between her and Mister Bennett kind of grows a little bit, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, it is nice, and you know that. So the end, we have, I mean, a fairy tale ending, right? But I feel like in a class in the classics, most people want the they want a happy ending. I think now most people want a happy ending. For sure. I personally like to go against the grain and I like a little bittersweet in my ending. I want it to be nice, but I want it to hurt a little. <laughs> I, I can, I can appreciate and respect a good bittersweet ending. And especially if it fits the story well, but I'm a sucker for, you know, I want a pleasing, happy ending. If I'm going to do something for entertainment, I want it to I want it to make me feel things, but I I hope most of those things that I feel are good things. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I think that this novel or any of her novels would not have been successful if the endings had not been good. Right. If they, if it would have ended and Jane didn't marry Bingley and Elizabeth didn't marry Darcy and they ended up being single forever, Mm -hmm. I don't think... That the books would have been well received and we probably right. wouldn't be talking about it right now. Right. And people would have been like, well, what was the point then? <laughs> exactly. Why did you tell me this story? Right. It went nowhere. It literally did not leave Longbourn. What, right. are, you, what are you doing here? Right. right. But, so. yep. It, it's a wonderful book. And like I said, I like a lot of the conversations that, that Darcy and Elizabeth have. Uh, and I think it's especially interesting that they, they actually have an argument about how Bingley is so agreeable and, you know, he'll say that he could leave his estate in, you know, five minutes time if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But if someone asked him to stay, he would stay. And yeah. Darcy kind of gives him a hard time. Like, so you're so wishy-washy. You would make a statement like that, but then you would, you would be so easily, bent to other people's wishes and Elizabeth's like why would that be such a bad thing like yeah you know he's being agreeable to you know he listens to the wants and feelings of other people that's not a bad thing but then when Mr. Darcy tells him hey don't marry that girl and he does it yep then maybe maybe Elizabeth should see that oh okay Mr. Darcy had a point (laughs) yes exactly so just things that played out that way and just the thought-provoking things. I just I just really enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah. It's such an enjoyable... And you can enjoy it on, like, so many levels. Just take it at face value as, like, a love story. And in any love story, there's going to be a conflict. And then you get the payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. Or you can read it a little more critically and see the critique on society. That's one of the things I really enjoy about Jane Austen's writing is... She's, yeah, she's telling the story of Elizabeth and Darcy, um, and peripherally the story of Jane and Bingley, but she's also, there are little, like, comedic reliefs in there, like, certain lines about, like, like the Mr. Collins character, uh, and the way that Mr. Bennett 
really love like he even says i wouldn't give a mr collins correspondence for the world because he (laughs) mr bennett finds him so ludicrous that it's so funny to him (laughs) and he loves it so much which is why he says that wickham is his favorite son-in-law because wickham is so ridiculous yes like so once you it's revealed about his character he's so like over the top narcissistic and Mm self-centered that mr bennett just loves it (laughs) I had hoped he meant it sarcastically because I dislike Wickham so much. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm sure you're you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's so this the little tiny elements of satire throughout the novel really oh, yeah. make it for me. Yes. Because, you know, I'm sure you can read like any romance, any run of the mill romance story, but this one is a little it's doing more than that. Yes. Yeah. So I've always really liked I've always loved Jane Austen's books. I always say for people who are interested in dabbling with the classics that Jane Austen is your first stop mm-hmm. because the language is it's really palatable once you get into the cadence of the of the prose and you get used to the rhythm of it. It's so smooth and easy to read. Yes. Other classics are more difficult. The language and the construction of the way things are written is very, very different. So it's harder and takes longer. But yeah. Jane Austen gets you acclimated to kind of the way they talked. Yes. Yeah. So I would say Jane Austen's the first good step for anyone interested in the classics, but is intimidated. Yes. It's the first step. Yep. I think it was probably my first classic was Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. And mine as well. And I'm, I'm glad I did. But we won't we won't just be sticking with classics. We will be bouncing around to oh, yeah. different genres and we're gonna read all we're reading all of it on this show. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like a rec, you can certainly email it to us. Oh, absolutely. We didn't say our email originally, but it <laughs> <laughs> it's we read books pod two three at gmail.com. So you can email us. Yes. Or you can send us a DM. And we'll take your recommendations. Yeah. We have a fairly lengthy list divided by genre of books we want to do, yeah. but we'll add some shit. It's absolutely, fine. and the list could certainly be longer. There, there is no shortage of books in the world. So absolutely, <laughs> and we're interested in the good, the bad, and the terrible. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I love a bad book. Well, never. Yeah, we won't just bash something to be harsh. There will, uh, you know, there's always a silver lining to be found. <laughs> Well, yes. maybe not always, but... <laughs> I have a few in mind that I feel like are do not have any silver linings. Right. Um, but it'll still be fun. It's still, it's still very discuss. fun. <laughs> um, my favorite book podcast is Smug Book Club. They, they almost never put out episodes anymore. They're two British guys, and I just really... They're so funny, and I just really love listening to them talk about books. And there are a couple that they do that I really think that we would have fun doing. Yeah. They're the books. I fully anticipate being terrible. And I own right now that I would come with a bias because I've already listened to their reviews. Yes. But, uh, I think both of them are like written by men who kind of probably subscribe to the alpha male agenda. (laughs) So I think, uh, our perspective on it would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we're going to do so many things. So yeah. Yeah. Um, next week we're going to do Verity yes. by Ka- by Colleen Hoover. Yes. 
(laughs) (laughs) It is a contemporary thriller. Yes. So you'll hear our thoughts on that next time. You really will. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It'll be a hoot. It might be more fun than this one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So you can uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That would be real cool. And you can tell us how you like Pride and Prejudice if you've read it. If we inspired you to read it, that that would be yeah. Let us know that too. Yeah, absolutely. So you know all the things that you do for every other podcast, we would like it too. Yeah, obviously, the higher the stars, the nicer that would feel. But be honest, (laughs) we'll take constructive criticism. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Maybe with a little bit of chagrin, but we'll keep that to ourselves. Um, so I think that's it for yeah. this episode. Yeah. First episode in the books. Boom. Done. Whoa. <laughs> Dakota and I, Dakota is my partner. He and I created our artwork, the logo together. He's a much better artist than I am, but. They did a splendid job. They're both incredibly talented people. But he did. See, I was draw when I was working on the, like the sketch. Um, he did tell me that my mushroom stems looked like testicles <laughs> and I was, uh, very abashed when he said this to me. I was like, so insulted. <laughs> and then did you take a look and think? And then I saw I, it. <laughs> then I looked at it and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that now that you've said it, I see it. Right. Absolutely not. But I am going to erase them. Right. (laughs) He saved us. (laughs) He saved us. So. He did a great job on it. He did. He did a great job. He could have maybe not pointed that out. Right. Well, you did. And you did a great job. Probably before and after. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a tendency to not see things. In innuendo, often. <laughs> I, I do not either. Like, I, it never occurred to me that the stems would look like genitalia. <laughs> not even a little. Mm-hmm. Until he said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sign off for now. And until next time, please be happy. And read books. Okay, goodbye. Bye.